0: going to spend a few weeks talking about something we've been working on. And when I say we, I mean like the church has been working on. You may have already heard um, about it over the last last few weeks and that we're going to talk about. And I'll I'll tell you what that is. Um, We've worked on this thing called the On Mission Document. For lack of a better word, I don't know what we're going to call it. You know, I mean, that's what it's called, the On Mission Document. And it's been this we believe a God-ordained movement toward more biblical community at Family Bible Church. Um, I will say clearly, it's a change from what we've done before, and that means there's going to be a lot of conversation about it. That's not bad. Maybe some concerns. That's not bad. And we are we're eager to have those conversations with all of you as we as we uh, continue to follow Jesus together. Uh, what we don't want, I guess, is to be so uh, afraid of the possibilities that we don't move forward in the ways God's calls us to move forward. You know, so we've been working on this uh, for a while now. So today. We're we're going to kind of talk about some of the philosophy behind that. Why would we do this? What's wrong with things the way they are, you know? And what could it bring to the to the to this body of believers as we follow Jesus together? I want to share with you a scripture this morning. Of course, I'm going to share with you from Romans 12, though this morning. But I'm going to ask that we would pray as we always do, and then we'll get into the Word of God together. Pray with me if you would, uh, Father God. We thank you so much for this morning. We thank you for the chance to worship you, to praise you for who you are, and uh, for your call in our lives as we as we follow after you. Uh, Father, we... We pray a prayer of thanks for the week um, that we've had as you've sustained us through all these um, life struggles this week and and brought us here together again as your community of faith. Pray, Father, that um, in every way uh, we honor you with our thoughts and our words and our deeds um, as we live life together. Today, as we get into your word and we hear the the vision that you have for your people, I pray that we would take those words seriously and that we could um, follow after you in the ways you're calling us to do so here at Family Bible Church. Would you be honored um, as we continue to pursue you in Jesus' name? amen <laughs> oh, praise god um so we're going to actually read i want to read romans 12 to you uh with you this morning uh this is a great uh, bit of scripture here and so if you want to turn to romans 12 i think that's yeah romans 12 is on page 789 if you don't bring a bible with you grab one of them off the end of the chair row and get eyes on what the word says we want you to really see these things for yourself and not feel like you have to um uh take our word for it right We try to live biblically here at Family Bible Church. I think a lot of churches try to do that. I don't think we're unique in that attempt, but we want to see what the Word says ourselves. This is what Paul writes to the church in Rome. Therefore, I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. Do not conform any longer to the patterns of this world, the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. For by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourselves more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourselves with sober judgment, in accordance with the measure of faith that God has given you. Just as each of us has one body with many members... And each of these members do not all have the same function. So in Christ, we who are many form one body and each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts according to the grace given to us. If a man... If a man's gift is prophesying, let him use it in the proportion of his faith. If it is serving, let him serve. If it's teaching, let him teach. If it's encouraging, let him encourage. If it's contributing to the needs of others, let him give generously. If it's leadership, then let him govern diligently. If it's showing mercy, let him do so cheerfully. Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil. Cling to the, what is good. Be devoted to one another in brotherly love honor one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, and faithful in prayer. Share with God's people who are in need and practice hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and don't curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice and mourn with those who mourn. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud, but be willing to associate with people of a low position. Do not be conceited. Do not repay anyone evil for evil. Be be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Do not take revenge, my friends, but leave room for God's wrath. Because it is written, it is mine to avenge. I will repay, says the Lord. On the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed them. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. In doing this, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. That is a great passage of scripture. And I don't know if you ever had that experience in your life where you read a script, a passage like that, and you're just blessed. Like instantly you're like, man, there's so much stuff in there. By the way, one way I would encourage you to read scripture is if if you've not read scripture before, I would encourage you to pray before you read it. That's why we do it on Sunday mornings as well. That's what I do in my private study. I pray when I read scripture. I hope you do the same thing. We meet in family groups. We pray before we open the word of God. It's not just something like a habit that we have to do, but we're asking for God to help us understand what his word is saying. But a great opportunity when you're reading scripture is to be praying and reading through it and say, Lord, what do you have for me in this today? What what stands out? And you know, God, in this uh, particular chapter, there's so much stuff in here that maybe something's popping out to you, even today, is saying, the Lord's saying, this is uh, something I have for you today. Um, We're kind of using that as like, this is in the letter to the Ephesian church. There's just some great structure in how we're called to follow Jesus, some great instructions for the church. I wanna say a couple things about why, We would even worry about this, okay? The the first idea is that there's a directionality to following Jesus. In other words, we know the story about how Jesus himself uh, came amongst people just like us and he said, Follow me, right? But there's a movement that happens when you follow Jesus. Like that's how it works. In other words, he never says to anyone, Stay where you are and I'm going to go over here. And and so, one thing thought that we've had with this idea of being on mission and what that means to be on mission at family Bible church you've probably heard that language recently right in the last bit it's because it's been something that's kind of been contagious to say we're called to to follow Jesus to be moving uh, because he moves and we're, we're called to be with him. That kind of makes sense, right? I mean, it doesn't make a lot of sense if he's on the move and we're not. And I want to be clear to say that this isn't about us shaking up the world. It's about us being obedient to what God is calling us to do. So there's some automatic movement. Uh, the second big conviction is... And this actually came, and I want to say praise God for our mission work that we've done at Family Bible Church. It's been so, uh, such a blessing. I hope, I hope it's been a blessing to people we've gone and served. That's why we go and serve. We don't go, I hope we don't go and serve for ourselves, right? But there's certainly blessing in it for us. And one of the things that I've experienced going and serving in other countries is that the missionaries there give, have instructed me on what it means to be in a local church. Like if you think about this philosophically real quick with me, we, we go to a foreign country to preach the good news to people who haven't heard the good news yet and then they they hear the good news and they they receive the good news i mean it's given to them right salvation is brought to them by the lord not not by us and and they respond to the the good news and then what happens is eventually over time local churches form there in that foreign nation and then local pastors are trained up and they're taught to read scripture for themselves and not take the pastor's word for it and do you see what the word of God says and then they get passionate they begin to preach the word to their brothers and sisters and all of a sudden it becomes a local church John Piper has well said that the ultimate goal of missions is local churches throughout the globe so think about that for a minute now reverse that thought many of us here in this place go what are you doing on Sunday morning well I'm going to church and then I'm going to breakfast, you know, and then I'm going to the ball game. <laughs> it's just something you go, go to. But but John Piper makes this great point to say that we, the local church, are the final manifestation of a missional movement. You understand that? Like, you were here this morning because someone got up, followed Jesus, and then went and preached the good news. I'm here this morning because someone got up, followed Jesus, and then went and preached the good news. That, that's how we heard the gospel. And so you and I, when we think about church being something on our, our schedule, something to do, are, are mistaken because it's the final manifestation. How many prayers, how many missionaries, how many people were sent to come to end up here? And of course, we realize that it's not about just us being here, but then us going there, continual movement, following after Jesus. So it's this idea that the church is a missional organization. We are called to go with Jesus when he goes, okay? So all that's to say that we started thinking, okay, maybe you're like, well, what does that have to do with an on-mission document, right? So we got together a team, I think actually came out of a town hall. We were talking about, you know, how do we commit to one another more deeply? How do we, how do we know who's on mission in family Bible church and who's not? And we're going to break that apart a little bit in a minute, but it was a real kind a struggle, you know? Um, We saw some, and I I have a conviction now. You'll say this is why, because I'm a pastor, right? That's why I feel it's like a pastoral thing we're doing here. It's a a way we can... Careful one another better. Uh, we had a couple of odd experiences. Um, I may have shared these with you already, but one was because we don't have membership at Family Bible Church. We don't have membership, um, and we still won't have membership. That, that's an interesting thought, right? I know some of the, what, what is this? We're going to need membership now? What are we doing? But what, what's really funny was we don't have membership, and, and yet there was someone in our community who was very near and dear to our, our ministry at Family Bible Church, right? Had been historically, we're about a 10-year-old church. We are not members, and whenever they passed, It listed in their obituary in the paper a member of Family Bible Church. And uh, we had an LT meeting, and this was said in love, but we kind of laughed and said, well, we found our member. (laughs) That was the one. That was the funny part of that. The kind of tragic part of that was I didn't know, and I'm not sure that many of you knew, that that person considered himself a member of this church. Some other weird way this happened is, is um, we've been out in the community hanging out with people and stuff, and, they'll, and, and we'll bump into someone we haven't seen in 18 months, and they'll say, so how's our church? We'll bump into someone we haven't seen in 18 months, <laughs> and they'll say, how's our our church? <laughs> and I'm like, I don't know, how is our church? <laughs> i haven't seen you in 18 months you know what i'm saying and we started thinking man are we are we honoring god are we doing the service to one another with everything kind of so like hey whatever you know and so that kind of conviction came out i came out of a town hall it came from the body saying how do we commit to one another how do we do this more deeply and so we're going to talk about that and why we would do that so right away, when you start talking about having it, uh, this kind of idea that we're going to present and um, as an opportunity to engage more deeply and intentionally with one another in Christian community, um, you start to have some concerns. And I want to alleviate some of those this morning. We're going to work from Scripture for this, right? Because I want you to think, well, he's, you know, um, this is where our conviction comes from. All this stuff is in Scripture. So I, I hope you understand that. And uh, we know we're not above reproach. We can get things wrong. So we want to talk about these things together. Um, the first thing is this I want to share with you. Uh, this... Uh, on mission document is not about salvation. It's not about salvation. Um, and that was one of the concerns right away when we started talking about, um, you know, what this means. And a lot of times that becomes the marker, right? And that becomes, but, but the, the truth is that we do not have the authority to say who is and who is not saved. That's not God's model for it. As a matter of fact, the theology that we believe is that God brings salvation to us when we are dead in our sin, right? We don't make the right choice. We don't check the right box. You know, God brings his salvation to us and calls us into new life. It's, it's a gift of faith that he gives us. Um, and there's been some concern about this, like, well, is that what it's going to mean? You know, um, and no. Also, it was a concern because as we started to work on this, it's like, do we have to um, reiterate all Christian theology in what we're working on here? Do we have to reiterate, you know, what salvation is? If you don't know, by the way, what Family Bible Church believes as a church, I would encourage you to go to the website website we have a statement there called our statement of faith i guess or our uh, what we believe i think is what it says in the little sidebar if you click that it lists out i think it's like 11 kind of tenets of the faith that we hold to at family bible church convictions that we have from scripture about the who god is who we are why we need jesus how we believe and how we live our lives in, in christian community and so that stuff's been out there since the beginning of family bible church as far as i know and it's been out there for a long time um so you can check that out. And so that, that's part of it. Um, but the fundamental conviction we have, and I want to say this clearly, is that salvation belongs to the Lord, right? And I didn't make that up. That comes right from Scripture. I'm going to show you. I'm going to pull it up here. And I'm going to show you. Um, I'm going to read from uh, the third psalm. Uh, by the way, psalms, g- another great section of Scripture, uh, poetry, beautiful words, great songs, you know. I'm going to read the whole psalm to you, um, and but it's going to end on this big downbeat of who salvation comes from this is the psalm of david when he was fleeing from his son absalom that's what the word says oh lord how many are my foes how many rise up against me many are saying of me god will not deliver him and there's this funny word in here called selah selah if you look at your notes maybe they'll say something like it was a um a musical term right I I think, and this is just me spitballing here, okay? But I think it was like a praise, you know what I'm saying? Like, it was just more of like, woo, you know? Like, so I'm going to read it that way. So just go with me, okay? But you are a shield around me, O Lord. That's Yahweh, the creator God. You bestow glory on me and you lift up my head to the Lord, Yahweh, I cry out. And he answers me from his holy hill. Woo! (laughs) You know, that's what I'm talking about. It's a psalm. It's a song of praise to him, right? I lie down and I sleep. Listen to the word this morning. I wake up again. Why did you wake up this morning? Because the Lord has sustained me. You think That's why you got out of bed today, because God has sustained you again. I will not fear the tens of thousands drawn up against me on every side. Arise, O Lord. Deliver me, O my God. Strike all my enemies on the jaw and break the teeth of the wicked. And then here's the final conclusion of the psalm from the lord comes deliverance or as another translation says salvation comes from the lord may your blessing always be upon your people selah praise god salvation is his we would never pretend to control that or control that process or try to dictate that articulate that in some convoluted form not what we're trying to do here with this uh, with this document hope that makes sense Uh, the second thing i want to talk to you about we talked about this if you came to town hall you're going to hear some of the stuff that you heard before you know again but when we started looking at other churches and how they were organizing themselves um a lot of the stuff we found i would say almost everything we found was this way right so there's this institution called a church this organization that has leadership and then there are these people right um, who we, I don't know, I feel like saying the unwashed, unwashed masses, you know, uh, all the dirty normal people, and, and the high and holy people, and then this document that many churches, and I, I, God uses all forms, I'm not saying, but I, for us, it didn't set right, that they would say, you know what, if you people promise the church organization stuff, like, You know, stuff, whatever. I don't know what that stuff was. It was all different. Uh, Then we, the leadership and organizations, promised you stuff. And that was this way. And we were looking at stuff like that, and we're like, wow, that's a very well-constructed document. That makes a lot of sense. It's like a good business model, you know. You employee bring me stuff, and I will bring you cash, or I will bring you benefits. And we're used to this transactional relational, you know, model where, where we're submitting to an authority who's over us, and they bestow power from on high. You know what I'm saying? Have you had a review at work lately? <laughs> you know, ah, you know. We're used to that model. But by the grace of God, a family church goes, that don't make any sense to us. Like, we've we've talked about this all the time. Jesus is head of the church. We're his children. We have a flat leadership model. We belong to him. There's there's no... Council of higher authority that we have to run through to get to the truth of the gospel. That I said, what? We pray to read scripture. God will reveal himself to you and to me. This is, this is, it's so are like that, that doesn't make sense to us. And so what we began to realize is that what, what, what we were going to be after was something different. And uh, what we really wanted to understand was because we do believe the church is important. And I don't, I'm, I don't mean family Bible church alone, but I mean the church, Big C Church of Jesus Christ, the people that God has called out of death into life are important, and they're important for the glory of God, but they're important for one another. I hope that makes sense. And so what we began to realize is it wasn't this way, but it was this way. And then we got hung up on this idea of the one another's of the Bible, you know. Um, love one another, and uh, honor one another, and um, seek a, a peace with one another, and all these things that the word says that, that we're called to do uh, for one another together. <clears throat> and uh and so this document and there's been a lot of concern about that you know like oh my gosh if, if we have anything like this if we create and there's been a, a i don't know if you've heard of this yet i don't know if you've heard anything or not you know but there's some concern and we want to address that concern through honest conversation by the way this is the beginning of a conversation if you're not in a family group um join one you can come and by join i mean show up <laughs> right they meet on monday wednesday and thursday nights uh, men's group meets on tuesday nights um uh, women are going to start up in the fall again, right? They're coming up again. So th- to have these conversations and say, what, what are we doing? Why, what is it? Does this make sense? And what are our concerns or whatever? Um, it's not a top-down model. What it, what it actually is, is it one another model? I'm going to read you a, a, another bit of scripture here. <clears throat> this comes from uh, 1 Peter 5. 1 Peter 5. And this is what the word says. I'm going to read a little more than what's on the screen here for you, but I want you to hear it. Um, to the elders, and the elders means the leadership. Uh, by the way, Family Bible Church, functions under an eldership model of leadership. Like we're a leadership team, but we hold these standards of, uh, the biblical standards for eldership. And this is what the word says. To the elders among you, I appeal as a fellow elder, a witness of Christ's suffering, and one who also will share in the glory to be revealed, verse two, be shepherds of God's flock that's under your care, serving as overseers, not because you must, but because you are willing as God wants you to be. Not greedy for money, but eager to serve. Not lording it over those entrusted to you, but being examples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd comes, uh, you will receive the crown of glory that will never fade away. So here's a model. There, there is a model of care. There's a model of, um, the word says what? Oversight? Overseeing? But there's a very clear rebuke in here. and I, I want to talk about that for a minute. It starts in verse 3. Not lording it over those entrusted to you. That's the first part of that. And, and, and there's concern about that, right? Like this is gonna be a top-down, this is something to do to control the church. That is not at all what we're trying to do with this it is as an act of love to one another, right? Um, not lording over. Jesus himself said the, the, the pagans it over one another. If you get any authority, the fleshly response to have any authority is to dominate your opponent, right? I mean, we live in a competitive environment all the time. You, you want people to not just lose, but lose badly. You want people to pay the price for, for threatening your superiority, you know? And you, you some of you have bosses maybe like that, or maybe some of you have been bosses and you've, You've you've been tempted by that. You've felt that power. Do you you know who I am? Do you know what I can do? But Jesus says, no, that's not how it should be in the church. No, you you aren't a Lord power of one another. Matter of fact, if you listen to the language that's used here in the role of leadership, it's to be a shepherd and a caregiver, right? It's to be an overseer. I find that interesting, right? To be looking out. What's going on? Are we paying attention to what's happening with God's people around us? And this whole idea is that um, we would be um, like this, you know, one another. So what? Listen, I want to share this with you, right? Um, But, the word says, don't lord it over. Okay, don't do this, but do this. What does it say? Be an example. Be an example, right? Um, It's this, one another. Look at one another. How are we doing this? Are we doing this the best we can do this? Are we honoring God? Are we allowing accountability, are we open for conversation? You know what I mean? Do we love each other? Do we share the burdens? You heard in Romans today, do we, we celebrate when others celebrate and mourn when they mourn? Are we in it together? And this is the biblical model of not just leadership, but of, of the church. This is what we're called to do, um, to be examples to one another. I would even say, that the example model goes beyond leadership. But leaders should definitely be examples, right? So that's kind of the danger of that. You know, you're in amongst the people of God, but you're called to be an example. And that's a little, that's a little more high standard there, isn't it? Be the way God wants you to be, not lording over those entrusted to you, but being examples to the flock. And that is a thing that we can only do um, through God's grace, and his spirit among us. That we can, we can forsake the worldly model of domineering and, c- and control. Now, what we want to do. So, now we talked about two things that um, we don't want it to be. Um, and let me just say one other thing before we move from this passage, actually. Um, it says... Uh, um, not domineering, not being lording, lording over those who are entrusted to your care. You know, the believers in Christ have one Lord. Do you know that? They have one boss, Is Jesus, right? But there's the idea that there are people, one another's, that are entrusted to each other's care, that God, that's, a, that's what the word says there, that, that he has um, given us responsibility to care for people. But then it says, but instead, you know, shepherd the flock of God. And that, that's this idea of feeding and caring for, looking out, protecting, right? Not lording it over, not not certainly being another example of how the world works uh, in the church. God help us if we, if we come to that model. Um, the truth is this, that um, we all need one another. And this is the conviction uh, that came out of this whole idea, is that it's not about any top-down model that we've got things figured out and no one else does. It's about this idea that we need to go deeper together. And it's fair enough to ask, who wants it? Because some may not want to go deeper with anyone. Some of you might be really afraid of this process. I don't, I, you know, I don't really want... To people to see my innermost life, I, I don't really want you to see my struggles or my hurts. I I want to pretend. I want to pretend. I I want to come to church and act like I'm okay when I'm not. I, I don't I don't want the real. I don't want that real relationship. And I'm not picking on you. That's an honest human response. If, if you if you feel that way, continue to function as we are now. But I can tell you that there's been a sweet. Um, spirit and, and a sweet desire from some family bible church and i hope it's you too that goes no i want to i want to go deeper man i want to be real i, I don't want to fake it i don't want to pretend I want to want to. get in. I, I, and by the way, one of the most underutilized resources for us as believers is other believers. I told you before there's a few of them, I think, discernment, that God gives us wisdom and insight, that we don't utilize that, you know, that we don't uh, turn to him and seek his will in our lives. On all occasions, we save Jesus for the church stuff, and then we do the world on our own, you know. We save Jesus for Sunday, and we do work on our own. We don't let him into all the areas of our lives. So we don't let Jesus in. We don't use discernment that he gives us. But another huge one is that we ignore the gift that god's given us in one another someone has well said that we're created for community we are we're made we're made that way and yet we ignore one another in the church we don't take advantage we don't um, we don't risk it and i do agree it's a risk we don't risk entering into deeper relationship together right so that's the stuff that's not about let's talk about what it is about okay and i told you this one already but it's about one another that's what it's about this that we're going to try to attempt to do with god's grace and our and you know some agreement among us going forward we're going to we're going to attempt um, to do these uh, things together. I'm gonna go back to Romans now. Romans 12, we'll work through three verses here. I read that whole bunch of scripture because I want you to hear it, but um, we're gonna talk about Romans 12, just nine through 12. This is a powerful bit of scripture here, right? Verse nine, love must be sincere, right? A, a real risk in any community, in any family, by the way, in any relationship is insincere love. The word here. It's powerful, man. I love it. By the way, I said this before, but if you can dig in a little bit to original languages, it's hypocritical. It says, love, it's actually a negative. It says, love should not be hypocritical. Don't fake love. Written to the church. Don't fake love, right? You, you, your love must be sincere. Um, I'm reminded of the passage that says, uh, they will, they will know uh, you belong to me if you love one another. Jesus said that. They'll know your mind if you love one another. Sincerely, authentic, for real, with risk and all. Don't, don't fake it. Don't be a hypocrite. Don't pretend to love. And we can slip into that so easily. The next thing it says here is, um, hate what is evil, but cling to what is good, right? And, and I, I want to break out a little bit on this and just for a second, because I thought it was so powerful that this hate what is evil, it means to hate the pain that's always caused by evil. I don't know if you know the Bible tells you to hate things, but the Bible says hate what is evil, and it means hate that stuff. There's a brokenness in the flesh, the sinful nature that we have when we function under that human construct instead of out of the Spirit of God that we cause pain that's necessary. I don't mean necessarily that it's good. I mean it happens because it's evil. It's not coming from God. It will always bring pain in our lives. And, and the, apostle write, the apostle writes, and he says, hate that. As a matter of fact, he says, get away from that stuff flee the bible says from evil right um and there's this whole idea of movement you know just ah we don't and that's part of what this document is about it's like oh because what we're going to try to do by the grace of god is create some attempt at what we're really trying to do in christian community here going deeper being authentic and the next thing it says so you hate what is evil oh we don't want that we don't want the brokenness we don't want our own sinful behavior we don't want that but instead the word says cling to what is good Super glue yourself to the good stuff. Stick. And that's what it means. Like, just stick yourself to it. Jesus and all he has to offer us. That's our claim. Stick to the good. I don't know, um, if we do that, uh, we need to do that more, 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 right? Next, um, be devoted to one another in brotherly love. Now, I got excited about this, because being devoted to one another, and here's one another, right, in brotherly love. And you may have heard this before, but like Philadelphia, like um, philos is brotherly love, right? That's where that word comes from. That's where the city is named after, the city of brotherly love. That's because it's a Greek word. It means um, love, brotherly love. But in here, the devoted to one another, it means like a family. It means be committed to one another like a family in brotherly love. And the words are redundant in scripture here. So it says, be like a family in brotherly love, like really invest, really care. Really go deep. Um, I've been amazed at my time at Family Baptist Church, and I hope, I hope that you're experiencing this in your own way, how you begin to deeply, deeply love one another, like in ways that doesn't always make sense. We just really love one another. Really, you really do. It's, it's not hard to celebrate when others celebrate or mourn when others mourn when you really love someone. That, that kind of comes naturally then. Be devoted like family to one another. And then the next thing it says is um, honor one another above yourselves, right? And it's this idea of being a leader and putting others uh, before yourself. Uh, the idea is to treasure one another, um, to look. You know, there was a, um, back in the day, there was this family kind of counselor guy. And he always, name was Gary Smalley. You know if you ever heard Gary Smalley, you know. But he would always talk, and he would talk about the power of a, of a parent to go over to a child and just be like, Oh, do you know how awesome you are? Do you know how awesome you are? He would say, I'm mean, going to encourage you as a parent to do that, to go up to your kid and just look at him and say, oh, do you know how awesome you are? You know, and we, we were young parents. we go to our kids and we get down and he'd say, oh, do you know how awesome you are? You know, do you know how cool God made you? Do you know how valuable you are? That same idea is here. Be a leader in honoring one another. The opposite is tearing one another down, right? Wow. Do you know who you belong to, church? Do you know how awesome you are? It's powerful, right? And you're not, I mean, it's because of who claimed, you know how much you are worth? Do you know that God gave his son so that you could be free? Do you know that he called you to be part of his church? Do you know that he's given you to one another as a gift that you could become more complete together? Wow. Paul says, do that. Look at one of those eyes like that in awe of what God is doing and in awe of who we are in Him. Be excellent in honoring others. Not inauthentic, by the way. You know, it's really funny because you think about that. You don't have to convince a parent if they really take a moment. Now, <laughs> parenting's hard. <laughs> there are moments you don't think your kids are awesome, right? I'm just being honest, because we're in church. But if you get down and you look, or even maybe your, your kids are as tall as mine, they look you right in the eye and you just go, wow you don't have to fake that you you have to be honest about the awe that we can see if we would only pay attention to what god is doing among us we're called to be leaders and valuing one another and treasuring one another Uh, in a right way a couple more thoughts here and then we're gonna move on never be lacking in zeal it it means when speed's required don't be lazy i love that one you know when when you have to go quickly don't be lazy do it do it right Um, keeping your spiritual fervor, the word says, and serving the Lord, you know, being passionate believers in Jesus, being empowered by his Holy Spirit, and and not constantly compromising or becoming kind of this dull, but believing and following him and serving Jesus everywhere we go. I I hope you understand that there's no, you know, when Jesus... called his disciples out to follow him. He, he didn't do a lot of like, and now you're in this role, and now you're in that role. He's like, no, you're always my followers everywhere you go. You belong to me. I belong to you. And I, I believe that we do a disservice when we kind of regulate um, Jesus to Sundays, or Jesus to this time, or Jesus to this location, or Jesus to these words. Because he's, he's always with us, and, uh, and we're called to um, always be uh, um, Fan, fan that flame in, into, into fire, you know. Be, be honest, authentic, and, and worshiping Jesus. Um, the, the word actually says, in, in, in your spirit, burn. Ah, just burn in your spirit, man. Let it, let it go. Serve the Lord with zeal. I love this here then too. In hope, rejoicing. In pressure, stand firm. And in prayer, be constant. Those are all tied up in this one another's, right? In, in, in hope, Rejoicing, we talked uh, last week about the, the anchor of hope that we have is in Jesus. And we rejoice in the hope that we have in him. We celebrate in, in, in Jesus and who he is. Um, and, then, and then I was blown away by this kind of word picture we get is that, that when pressure comes in your life and you're being pressed on every side, you're being smashed. You know, I don't you felt the weight of the world lately at all on your, on your shoulders. Have you felt that pressure? You know, the, the encouragement here from the word is to say, stand firm. Just stand firm in your faith. Let the world wail. Let the world freak out and be firm in your faith in Jesus. Standing firm. The word actually says, um, in, in pressure, stand firm. And then in prayer, be constant. And I've got to be honest with you, church. Whenever I've read those words, I got really convicted. Because I'm like, man, am I constant in prayer? You know, am I always talking to my father about things that are happening in my life? Am I always talking about what's happening? Or do I have this tendency to rush off and do things myself and then ask Jesus to help me clean up the mess later? Constantly pray constantly pray. We pray all the time. Be walking and living and breathing with Jesus. Um, one other place that we find this, and I think it's beautiful because it gives us image. We, we celebrate marriage at Family Bible Church, and um, we honor marriage at Family Bible Church. And one of the things that marriage is, is the depiction of Jesus and the church, of his love for us, his bride, the word says, right? We belong to him. And in the famous passage about the church and about um, marriage, it says this, uh, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. And I actually believe that for anyone, uh, this is probably the hard hard thing, but for anyone who's going to consider uh, what we're doing with this document, this on-mission document, if you read it, um, it it requires a lot of humility and submission. I'm going to open myself up. I'm going to go there. Why? Um, out of reverence for Jesus and who he is, out of believing the gospel more profoundly than ever, out of trusting his community of faith, I'm gonna, I'm gonna submit. And uh, we usually apply that to marriage only. We say, well, yeah, you know, husbands, to your wives to your husbands unto the Lord, and husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church. We kind of break that out. But this is written to the church, to believers. Submit to one another of reverence for Christ. And we're called to do the same thing, All right? Second thing it's about is it's about going deeper together. And this is gonna be from the book of Ephesians um, Ephesians, just a few verses here, four, one through th- one through three. Um, Paul says this As a prisoner of the Lord, then I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling that you've received. Man, that's powerful right there, right? Be completely humble and gentle, be patient, bearing with one another in love, and make every effort to keep the unity of the spirit through the bond of peace. Words to the church. I told you this whole letter of Ephesians is written to the church, right? That, that we're called. I, I love the opening line here because it says live and that's what I really feel like I, 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 when we started talking about this, like are we living lives worthy of the calling we received? Are we taking God's word seriously? are we really applying it to our lives in a real way? Are we really open? Are we really, what the word says, are we really humble in every way? Are we, are we really gentle in every way? That's the, what's what the attempt is here, is to kind of look at what the scriptures say and live them out in a, in a faithful community. Um, man, I, I'm convinced um, that the more we do that, so let me say this, the world sees success in certain ways. I am not sure that It should be defined the same in church. Um, I think that God's definition of success is different than the world's. And to live a life that's worthy of the calling that we've received is a, a, for me, is a very um, bold and a humbling statement. To live into Christ. Um, to make more of Jesus and less of ourselves, right? I feel like that's what happens a lot of times in church world. We make more of ourselves and less of Jesus. It becomes more about who we are and less about who he is. And we want to do the opposite of that. We want to say, no, We're, we want to live a life that's worthy of the calling that we've received from him. Being humble and gentle, patient. Bearing, look at the word as says, bearing with one another in love and making every effort to keep the unity of the spirit through the bond of peace, right? Trusting Jesus to bring about um to resolve conflict and to bring about wholeness and healing and a better way forward than we could even dream up for ourselves. The idea is that we would go deeper together um, in this way. And let let me say again that, uh, well, my clicker is not clicking anymore. Can you push me a couple slides there, Mr. Burns? Are we locked? If we're locked, that's okay. Here it is. The third thing is this. Um, This is all about biblical living. Biblical living, okay. And I'm going to share two uh, verses quickly with you here. Eh, Maybe not quickly. Um, One comes from the uh, book of of Jeremiah, chapter 7, verses 22 and 23. And this is what the word says. um, For when I brought your forefathers out of Egypt and spoke to them, I did not just give them commands about burnt offerings and sacrifices, which, by the way, ties in nicely with Hebrews, um, but I gave them this command. Obey me, and I will be your God, and you will be my people. Walk in all the ways I command you, that it may go well with you. Like modeling our lives after, after God's structure causes our lives to go better, <laughs> you know? It doesn't mean our lives are always easy, but our lives go better if we follow his modeling. And we believe that the Bible reveals um, that modeling. And uh, if you think that this is the only place, you go, well, that Bill, that's Jeremiah, it's a prophet, he's an Old Testament prophet, you know? If you, he says, when I called them out, I didn't just call them to sacrifice, but I called him to be obedient to me, right? But I want to remind you of, of something, if we can push that last one um, as well, Mr. Burns. It says that um, Jesus says this, um, go and make disciples of all nations, of baptizing in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, And then what? And teaching them who? Disciples to what? Obey everything I've commanded. And you see, sometimes we, I think we act like when we follow Jesus, we can do however we want. It's up to us how we follow Jesus. But he gave very clear instructions in so many churches, and maybe us included, we we say we're making disciples, but we don't really concern ourselves with the things that God's called us to be obedient to. And maybe you're here today and you go, it doesn't matter to me. If my life is biblical or unbiblical, it doesn't matter to me. Um, I just want to say that for some of us, it does matter. It does. I recently heard someone um, make this comparison I thought was really powerful, and uh, if I share with you before, I apologize. But um, they said uh, they always had friends that would. Um, this really happened to you guys recently. They always had friends that would have wedding showers, and they would buy whatever gift the person uh, um, they wanted to give them. Like they wouldn't read registries, they wouldn't do that stuff. They just be like, ah, I want you to have, you know, what I want you to have, and they would get you something that, that you didn't want. <clears throat> and they said they always did that until they got married themselves, and they were so frustrated because they get like six of the same item because no one was reading the registry, and they were just getting them what they wanted to get them. Here's more of that. Here's more of that, and this person actually tied that back into, the speaker tied it back into the idea that, 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 that God says, and if you love me, here's how we'll know, and if you belong to me, this is what your life will look like, and we look at the God who made us and the God who saves us, and we go, I could, or I can get you what I want, (laughs) which is not what he's asking for. And that's a broken model. So our hope and our prayer is that as we continue to walk this out together, um, and I I say that we're going to spend two or three weeks talking about this because after this, it'll probably kind of go underground a bit. It's just going to be happening in the body. If the Lord wills it, we're just going to be following him in this way. And we pray it bears great fruit in our lives that we do actually begin to honor God more amongst this body of believers, that we do sense more of the unity of the Spirit. That's our prayer. Um, as, I, as I close today, I want to say to you, and I said it before, this is a flat model. Jesus is available to you all the time. Man, I struggle because there are no magic words that you can say to be saved. There are, there are no, there's no concoction you come up with to be saved. But if you're here today and you don't know Jesus is the Savior, you can turn your heart to him. He's there. He will save you. That, that's just my conviction, right? He will rescue you from this body of sin and deliver you into his kingdom. And maybe um, you just have forgot, you know, been, been drifting away from Jesus today, today's day. No jesus i want my life to look like you i want what you want not what i want you can pray that today talk to him about that you know and and whatever else is going on in your life that that we can walk with you through that we can be praying with you for that we can struggle with you with uh we would love to do that at family bible church here so pray with me if you would Uh, father god we thank you so much for the opportunity we've had to come and explore your word a bit this morning and uh, talk about what you're doing here in this body of believers in this place this time um we thank you so much um that you've um, given us uh, this opportunity to not just uh, to, to not just be together, but to worship you. I pray that we would know right now in our hearts, every person here would know that worship is not constrained to Sunday morning at HMS, at Family Bible Church, or even in my car when I'm listening to Joy FM, but that worship is something that, it's an attitude of our lives, that we worship you, that when we, we wake up, as your word said today, it's your sovereignty that woke us this morning, and, and the breath in our lungs right now is a gift of you, and, and that we would live, breathe, and exist in a process of worshiping you all the time, we admit openly that we are sinners, that we fall short, that we are broken, and we know nothing or no wisdom of our own here, Uh, but we know that you've called us out to serve and to follow you. I pray, Father, for um, brothers and sisters here today that are struggling with things, that that you would uh, just continue to bless them and draw them near to yourself. And I pray for those um, of us who want to um, go deeper and to, to be a um, more authentic community, that that's of you. And, Father, I want to say clearly this morning that if it's not of you, that would stop, that you would put an end to this and say, no, not what I want for my people, not what I want for this people. But if it is of you, Father, may we have a unity in your spirit and, and, a, and a real passion to move forward to, to really honor you and encourage one another, as your word said, to be examples. May you help us to do that work. I'm eager, eager to live more deeply with your people. May you help us do that work. And we thank you so much for the opportunity we have this morning to worship and to pray in Jesus' name, amen.